Well, hello, good morning, and welcome. It's great to be with you at NCBC again for this Sunday service. And uh, I was just struck listening to uh, a couple of things uh, in that worship set on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, that's our prayer, isn't it? That God's will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, here in Norwich as it is in heaven, here in Norfolk as it is in heaven. And what a need we have to avail ourselves of all the resources that God has for us as his children to see his kingdom come and his will be done. We, we pray that often as part of the Lord's Prayer and in other uh, aspects of prayer services perhaps, but to really believe it means that we need to take on board for ourselves everything that God has provided. And then before the worship set, we were looking at locusts, edible and inedible locusts, and I've never eaten a locust myself, as far as I know at least. But the, the locusts were there, they were food for John the Baptist. John the Baptist pointed people to Jesus, and after Jesus was baptized in John chapter 1, it says this, I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And John looked for that person yet to come, the person of Jesus who would baptize not only with water, but with power in the power of the Spirit of God. And so God brings all these things together, even in our service this morning, to point us to the fact that we need to avail ourselves or take on board for ourselves, if you like, everything that God wants to equip us with to live our lives in a way that honors him, to see his kingdom come and his will being done. And it's been a great privilege to work with David over these weeks to uh, bring to you something about what it is to be empowered by the Spirit of God. And last Sunday morning, uh, here in the auditorium, I mean, there's, I think, there are five of us in here this morning. There were four or five last week. And uh, there are opportunities at the end of that time when David was speaking to pray for folk here. And we'll be praying uh, for anybody here again after this service, but also we'll be praying for folk on the uh, YouTube link as well. And we're going to be asking that God would do immeasurably more in us than we can ask or imagine. And last week we had a couple of people prayed for who have uh, very bravely recorded a short testimony, which we're going to watch in just a moment, about what God has done in their lives here. We always say it's wonderful to see God working in other parts of the world and other parts of history. But these are things that happened here in the NCBC building last Sunday morning. Let's watch these together. I'm Cathy, and I've really enjoyed listening to these last few sermons that Jonathan and David have been doing on the work of the Holy Spirit, and it's really made me think a lot. Um, I was particularly struck when David spoke about how he and uh, um, Sandra, sorry, I forgot your name, Sandra, sorry, how he and Sandra had been Christians for quite a while, but just felt there was something missing. And I can really identify with that. And I think the lockdown, especially the long first one that we went through, really made me think much more about God and about the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Um, I've been a Christian for many years, as, as many of you all know. But during that first lockdown last summer, 
I just really cried out to God more and just really felt that I wanted to be much more open to the Holy Spirit and closer to God. And I have really felt that. This is the third time I've been on furlough now and um, I can't wait for things like everybody else to get back to normal. But I have no idea, obviously, when that's going to be. But these series that we've been doing on the work of the Holy Spirit um, has really helped me. And David um, has prayed for me. And I do feel that um, he's obviously um, just really teaching us much more about the work of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's something I really, really want to grow into. And I can genuinely say that during this last year, I have felt much more open to God and much more wanting to be all that God wants me to be and really just much more open to what Holy Spirit wants to do and in me. And um, one of the things that I'm trying to develop is um, this prayer language, really, that David has uh, mentioned and uh, prayed for. And I want to just grow more and more in that. So what I'm really saying is that for me, trusting God and learning much more to walk closer with him is something that I've been doing much more. And I want to just encourage each one of us to do the same, really, because the bottom line is that God is good, he is our Father, and he loves us, and that we can really grow into trusting him more and more. Thanks. As a fellowship, we're encouraged to share our testimonies and I'd like to share what God's been doing in my life recently. I became a Christian 40 years ago, coming from a non-Christian family. Quite early on in my walk with Jesus, I was prayed for for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but wasn't given the, didn't receive the gift of tongues. I was told uh, that it was because I lacked faith, which perhaps wasn't very helpful. Since lockdown, which coincided with my retirement, um, I've been able to spend more time with God, uh, both reading uh, his word and praying. And understandably, this has really deepened my relationship with him. But just like David shared um, a couple of weeks ago, that uh, when he and Sandra became Christians, uh, they saw that others had more to their uh, relationship with God. And... Um, they realised it was the lack of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Um, so uh, I've really enjoyed these sermon series uh, over the last few weeks and I uh, was quite disappointed when David said he'd run out of time on Sunday. This past Sunday I was down at church because I was involved doing the, uh, the streaming um, of the service and afterwards got talking to David. He asked me if um, I'd got a personal prayer language and I said I hadn't and he offered to pray for me and I received the gift of a personal prayer language which was great. In this past week I've been practicing that new language and I feel it's really uh, deepened my relationship with God providing me with um, a way of talking to him when I haven't got the right words and I feel this really edifies um, somebody's relationship with God. And it actually says in, um, in Con uh, 1 Corinthians 4, um, 5, uh, chapter 5, 
He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. And um, I've really found this and I find that I've really looked forward to spending time with God in prayer, which perhaps in a way that I hadn't previously. I'm aware that speaking in tongues for some people, it seems a bit scary. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm a better Christian than other people. And it's it's a gift from God that is there for those of us to all of us to receive. I know it's something that uh, the leadership wants um, for a new infilling of the Holy Spirit in our fellowship. And uh, we're just praying that that would really happen uh, through this brilliant series that we've been provided with. Isn't that wonderful that God is alive and well and working here in the fine city of Norwich? A couple of things that came to me listening to those testimonies, and I had heard them earlier on during the week as well. This idea of something missing, uh, I think for many of us that's our experience, that was my own experience growing up, and I shared a bit about that two weeks ago. Um, but I well remember going to a meeting. I grew up in Sproston, walked in from Sproston into the city, went to a house, and uh, there were a number of us gathered together just seeking more from God and saying to God, well, is there more? And if there is, uh, let's be having it. And, and meeting with God in such a powerful way at that time and then walking back and knowing that something had changed and the beginning of a prayer language starting to come. This idea about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and then through us to see our world changed. I loved Kathy's end uh, point, which she said, God is good, he's our father, and he loves us. And that way, if we, we understand that, we can then process this thing of fear. If we have a God who loves us, if he is our heavenly good, good father, then we can trust him that what he has for us and what he wants to give to us is good. It's something that we can be confident in and we don't have to be afraid of. See, fear doesn't come from God. Fear comes from the enemy. And God wants us to be confident in him. He wants us, as Elaine said, to, to receive something from God that edifies or builds us up, encourages us, that says to us, we can actually keep on keeping on. We can keep going. We don't have to give up. When hard times come, and hard times will always come, not just in a COVID season, but throughout life, we need to know that God is good. And he will do good things for his children. And so what do we do with this fear then, the fear that comes up? You know, whenever we talk about the Spirit of God, uh, people have said throughout church history, haven't they, that the Holy Spirit is the great divider. I, I, I really don't believe that's true. I believe that people's response to the work of the Holy Spirit may be the great divider. But the Holy Spirit himself is here to point us to Jesus. And he wants us to come together in our faith and be stronger for it. He draws people to himself and he fills us with his presence. In his presence, as that song said, is fullness of joy. And I don't know about you, but um, in my own life, there's always greater capacity for more joy. Sometimes there are people who go around, and, and I'm sure I'm like this really, I, I'm concentrating on something and I have to occasionally just remind my face to smile. Because all my mental power is, is taking up whatever I'm processing. 
But fullness of joy comes when we're filled with the Spirit of God and we realize that we don't have to worry about doing things in our own strength, but we can look to God to do the things that only God can do. You see, God has called you to change the world. And you think, well, isn't that a bit of a big job? And of course he says, yes, it is. But I've provided my spirit to work in you and through you. I've provided my word to accompany you. I've given you my blessing. Go for it. You can do it. God is calling us into something which is eminently feasible, eminently doable. It's possible because of the power of God in us. So during this season of uh, talks here at NCBC, I know it's generated some discussion and some questions. Uh, if you have questions, do email David or I, or both of us preferably, and we would love to respond to those questions. Um, my email is john, J-O-N, at kingdombreakthrough.org. You would have David's already as part of the NCBC Church Fellowship. But we'd love to respond to those, um, perhaps after this series is finished in some way. The point is this, if God is stirring you, if God is raising questions, if you have a genuine desire to find out more, always know that God will meet you at your place of desire and of question. And he would love to answer those questions. So if you've got particular things that have come to your mind as you've listened to these amazing testimonies this morning, bring it to the Lord and say, God, I've heard Kathy and I've heard Elaine and they seem to have understood something that perhaps at the minute I don't understand. Would you speak to me as well? Will you, will you fill me now with your spirit? You know, we're, we're great believers in praying for people, as we've said before, and uh, we can do that over Zoom, we can do it over YouTube Live, we can do it over a recording of a YouTube video. And so I'm going to pray for you now, in your home, or wherever you're listening to this, or if you're listening to an audio as you're driving, or whatever you're doing, that God would meet you where you're at and fill you with his Holy Spirit. Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters at NCBC and others who have tuned in. Lord, I pray that this morning you might banish fear from our lives, because fear has to do with judgment, that we would know that we're loved by a good, good Father. He cares for us with every fiber of his being. He wants the best for us as his children. And Lord, you have promised to give the Spirit to those who ask. And so we ask today for an infilling, an in-pouring, if you like, a, a baptism, a fresh baptism of the Spirit of God for each of us. And whether we've experienced this in the past before or not, Father, may today be a fresh baptism, a fresh filling of the Spirit of God. May you give us that freedom in our own lives. Father, to just put aside our prejudices and our, our predisposition and say, God, if you've said that, I'm going to go for it because I want everything that you have for me. And Father, for any here too who have not yet received a, a prayer language from you and an ability to speak out from the innermost parts of their being, Lord, I pray that you would give us today, perhaps for the very first time, or for some of us, I believe it's a case of, of a reinvigorating something we've had in the past but have lost sight of through disuse a prayer language that would build us up in our very core that we would be stronger people for the honor of jesus name and father we come against the lie of the enemy that says that these things are no longer for today we come against anything in us that has had bad experiences in the past and understandably we're cautious Lord we pray that we will give that caution to you and as we 
give over to you that which has held us back, you would, in exchange, give us something amazing from your Spirit. So fill us, Lord, we pray. Equip us, we pray. Energize us, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's the wonderful thing, isn't it, that God can do these things in our home, in our office, in our car, when we're walking, when we're sitting, wherever we are, that God wants to do something incredible in our lives to change us and mold us from the inside out. And I don't know about you, but I'm always open for a fresh outpouring of God's Spirit. We always need to come to God afresh and say, Lord, will you fill me today? Will you fill me again? Will you do in me what only you can do? I want to read a few uh, verses from Acts chapter 10. And uh, this may be a familiar passage to you. And uh, I'm going to skip about a little bit. And um, the guys on the words are going to do the very best they can to keep up with the bits I've missed out. But um, you may know the story anyway, and it's about a man called Cornelius and a man called Peter, and how God brings them together. And as he brings these two uh, people together in the most unlikely of meetings, really, he does something incredible in the lives of Cornelius and his household that has huge implications for us today. So in Acts chapter 10, verse 1, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So he was a man who was not a Jew. He was what the Bible calls a Gentile, a non-Jewish person. But he feared God. Verse 3, one day at about 3 in the afternoon, he had a vision. Now, a vision is a supernatural encounter with a supernatural God. And just to say that as, uh, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, if we are going to be in any sense New Testament, we have to be open to the supernatural. There is no more supernatural experience you will ever have in your life than that of salvation. Coming to Jesus for the first time, knowing that your sins are forgiven, knowing that you have a relationship with Father God, knowing that you have a home for all eternity, and you have the Spirit of God in you right now to equip you for all that you have. That is the greatest supernatural experience you could ever want. And that is your privilege as a follower of Jesus. But let's be open to the other supernatural experiences that God wants for us as his children. So in this vision, verse 3, Cornelius distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. In other words, God has noticed. Now send men to Joppa to bring back this guy called Simon. Verse 9, about noon the next day, Peter was up on the roof praying. He also, verse 10, fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheep being let down by, to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, he said. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. And the voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. So he's in a vision. He's in a trance as well. Another supernatural encounter. And God is saying, I want to rewire your thinking. Things that were so important to you as a Jew, understandably so. God is saying, there's actually a new slant on this. Are you listening? As a slight aside, I believe that during this COVID period, that God is giving us this amazing opportunity in our church life, in our collective experience, to say, 
Do we really want to go back to things as they were before? I believe that God is giving us a chance to have our thinking rewired. It's not for us to have our pet peeves dealt with or get on our hobby horse of what we've always wanted to see, but simply in humility before God to say, God, would you rewire my thinking in relation to church, in relation to how things are for the future, in relation to how we go forward together with COVID, and maybe at one day perhaps post-COVID, who knows, but together with that we can go forward in a different way. God, would you rewire my thinking? And would you give me an openness and humility to realize that I don't know all that there is to know and that there is so much yet to learn. Peter had this experience and it was profound for him. Verse 17, while Peter was wondering, (laughs) can you imagine? He was wondering what earth this meant. The men sent by Cornelius, they called out, they asked if Simon, who was staying, uh, was, was there. Verse 19, while Peter was still thinking again about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Get up and go downstairs. Don't hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Verse 24, he arrived in Caesarea the next day. Cornelius was expecting him and called together his relatives and close friends. And as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him. Verse 27, while talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. I would love to go into a building, any building, and find a large gathering of people. And he said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile, as Peter said. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. Verse 34, and Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. And the issue here particularly was that of Jews associating with non-Jews, Gentiles. Because what God wanted Peter to realize that the good gift of salvation and the fullness of the Spirit that was there for the Jewish people was also there for the non-Jewish people, for the Gentiles, which means probably most of us who are listening or watching this video. And all the fullness God had for his people to bring them into a greater relationship with himself and fill him with his Spirit is also true for us. This was a, a, a game-changer for Peter in his thinking. Do you look back over your years of walking with God and think there were pivotal moments when there was a game-changing revelation from God, something I realized for the first time. You know, my life was full of game-changing revelation about turn moments. They are all about repenting. Repenting is to have that complete change in the way that we think that we are remade in the image of God in our thinking. We are rewired. And Peter had this revelation that there's no favoritism with God. God's heart to pour out his spirit in fullness on the Jews was also his heart to pour out his spirit in fullness on the Gentiles, the non-Jews. Verse 37, he goes on, he says, You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how Jesus appointed, sorry, God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Holy Spirit and power. It's that word dunamis. It's a powerful working of God. If you look at the word spirit in the Old Testament, even though the phrase Holy Spirit only comes three times in, in Psalms and in Isaiah, the, fr- the, the word that we translate into spirit in English 
has this dynamic of the wind and the breath and the outpouring of the power of God. In Genesis 1 verse 2, it's the first occasion that spirit is mentioned in the Old Testament, that the spirit of God was brooding over the waters. He was there in his power bringing something incredible out of a muddle. And God's Spirit is able to do this today. The Spirit and power come together. If you are a Jesus follower, when you became a Christian, the Spirit of God came into you. Here is a deposit in you as a Jesus follower that says, whatever happens, whatever happens, I have something in me guaranteeing what there is to come. But as well as a deposit, there can be a power. And we need both the deposit and the power in our lives. We cannot lose the deposit. But the power can wax and wane. And if you're anything like me, you need to come to God frequently, regularly, and say, God, I need a fresh filling of the power of God. I need a fresh filling of the Spirit of God because I just naturally leak it away. Fill me again. So verse 38, God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. See, the doing good is part of the mission of Jesus. As Jesus follows, we're here to do good. We are to see those who are healed and those who are under the power of the devil released. The mandate of Jesus to see his kingdom come has not finished. There is as much a need to see the kingdom of God come in power in the city of Norwich. I grew up in Norwich. Norwich has a very special place in my heart. There's a massive need to see here in our city and and in this region the power of God released in signs and wonders and miracles to see people healed, to see the demonized set free. Demonization is as much an issue today as it ever was. It's often couched in in more acceptable terms perhaps, but it is still there at the root of so many troubles that we face. But Jesus' power was there to deal with all of these things. Verse 39, Peter says, we are witnesses of everything he did. Verse 43, all the prophets, these are the Old Testament writers, testify about Jesus that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. There's a salvation message that Jesus brings. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard his message. It was one of these sovereign acts of God. Peter was just speaking and lifting up Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus came down in power through the Spirit and everybody was impacted. The circumcised believers, these are the Jewish Christians who had come with Peter, verse 45, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. Now we know, don't we, last year, 2020, strange year, Black Lives Matter, we were talking certainly in in, uh, business and in education and in commerce about uh, prejudice and how we can so easily... uh, give way to prejudice in our lives without even realizing it so often. We're not aware of the prejudices that there are. Here there's a religious prejudice and perhaps a nationalistic prejudice. And what God is saying that actually let's sweep all those prejudices away and let me do what only I can do. They realized that the gift of the Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. And this is the reason, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. The evidence in this occasion of the gift of the Spirit being poured out on these non-Jewish people 
was that they spoke in tongues and they praised God. Often in Scripture, the evidence of the Spirit of God being poured out is people speaking in tongues. And that can happen in, in our own lives today. There are times when I've seen that happen when someone was filled with the Spirit and there are times there's been a gap. Let's not get hung up on the time lag, but simply to say that the time lag should be as short as possible. Think of water baptism. I became a Christian when I was about five because I was little at the time and my understanding was limited. And yeah, I had a faith in Jesus. And I, as I grew, I didn't get baptized until I was 16. 11 years. And of course, I was growing up physically. I was growing up my understanding of life. I was growing up my understanding of God. And yet the gap was bigger than it needed to be, I think, looking back. Why have a gap when there's no need for a gap? in coming to Jesus, being filled with his spirit, and exercising all the gifts that God has for you. Why have a gap when no gap is needed? If there is a gap, let's not get hung up on it. Let's move on, move forward, and say from this point on, we're going to be going for everything that God has promised. Because he has said that we need the Holy Spirit and power in our lives. Let's pop across to chapter 11, verse 1. The apostles and believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So the word got out. The word got out. Wouldn't it be incredible if here at Norwich Central Baptist Church there is such a move of God and the power of the Spirit that the word gets out. And I don't just mean throughout the Eastern Baptist Association. I mean throughout the streets around this building throughout this city, throughout the workplaces where people from this church, uh, maybe they're working from home at the minute because of COVID, but they have the connections, the contacts, through the education system, through the healthcare system. What if word got out that the Spirit of God had visited us in such a powerful way? And Peter tries to explain to these guys what has happened. And he says in verse 15, Acts chapter 11, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had on us at the beginning. And I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? I explained a couple of weeks ago that my background was not in this line of thinking at all. And I would have had a view in the past quite different than I have now. And really, I had a view that I could stand in the way of what was happening in front of me. And God showed me that I couldn't. Peter needed to repent. See, the gift of salvation wasn't just for the Jewish people, but also for the non-Jews. The fullness of the Spirit of God was not just for the Jewish people, but for the non-Jews, Jewish people, the Gentiles. All that we have available to us as followers of Jesus because of the work of Jesus on the cross at Calvary in his life, his death, his resurrection, his coming again, and the filling of the Spirit is for each of us. Don't stand in the way of what God wants for you. Don't stand in the way of other people perceiving what God wants for them. 
It's a huge responsibility for us as leaders that we listen to the voice of God, we respond to it, we lay down our prejudices and our predispositions and our fears at the foot of the cross and we say, God, you understand why I'm reticent. You understand why I'm cautious. You understand that the responsibility of leading, whether it's in a small group or a family or the elders here or whatever it might be, that the responsibility of leadership is significant. And God says, yes, I understand all those things. And so, Father God, I give to you my reluctance and I ask that you would give me something in exchange. And that's an openness to just let God be God and stop trying to play God in my life or in the lives of other people. All of us, I'm sure, have tried to play God in our own lives sometimes. And maybe we've tried to play God in the lives of others. The truth is that we don't do it very well because that was not what God designed us to do. He designed us to be conduits or pipes, if you like, through which flows the Spirit of God so that other people are touched by the power of God so that other people understand what it is to be filled with God's Spirit, so that other people come to saving faith in Jesus, so that others have this hope of eternal salvation, but also the presence of God in the here and now to make the time between now and when either God takes me home or the Lord Jesus comes back possible and fruitful. Don't we live in a world that needs Christians to be fruitful in our ministry? And so I want to encourage you If you need to say to God, I'm sorry for blocking the work of the Spirit in my life. I'm sorry for being so reluctant and I've blocked the work of the Spirit in others. God, I repent of that. I'm sorry. Will you take me, will you see me as I am? Will you see my heart? Will you see my desire to no longer be a blockage? but to be a a means, a conduit through which the power of God can flow. And God will always answer that prayer with an almighty yes. And maybe that's what God is saying to us today. To reiterate what I said two weeks ago, if you have concerns, if you have potential hang-ups, if you've had bad experiences of the past which understandably impact how you look at these things now, I totally, totally understand. But I can tell you this, my own experience of walking with God, that as I've let go of my excuses and I've said yes to the Word of God and the Spirit of God, I've never, ever been let down. Am I prepared to look silly for the sake of Jesus? Absolutely. Two weeks ago, I shared a story of when I was in Brazil with Paige. We were on sabbatical. We were in this amazing faith-filled context of hearing from the Spirit of God and experiencing the Spirit of God with with incredible miracles that we saw there. I remember laying hands on one guy whose arms were completely twisted because of a stroke that he'd had and seeing and feeling his arms untwist under my my hand. Most remarkable experience of the power of God. I remember being in that situation as well as I shared two weeks ago of being on the floor with my head on the floor 
and realizing that there was nothing I could do until I let the Spirit of God touch my spirit and that my head, my intellect had to give way to the Spirit of God in me. And feeling at that time that I couldn't say anything because I was just like my tongue was stuck in my mouth and I could just make these noises one time after again and again and again and again thinking, this is really silly. If anyone could hear me, they'd think I'd completely lost the plot. And the Lord said to me as clear as anything, are you prepared to look that silly to see my kingdom come and my will be done? Are you prepared to look a fool for my sake? Are you prepared for people to no longer respect you for my sake? And I'd love to say, I just said an almighty amen straight away. <laughs> but I didn't. I had to work through that and come to a point where I said yes to Jesus which means that my concern when I'm dealing with a subject like this or anything else in the Word of God is not what people think, but it is, am I faithful to what God has put in me? Am I faithfully delivering the message I believe that God has given me to deliver? Am I living what I'm asking other people to live? Am I consistent with what I say and what I do? Or am I being an almighty hypocrite? See, God wants us to be consistent and part of the outpouring of the Spirit of God is to enable us to live lives. Yes, we see the miraculous. Yes, we see the demonized set free. But yes, also, we're able to deal with the little nitty-gritty things of everyday life when we're irritable because we're tired or we're hungry or we're cold. See, the Spirit of God, if he's not changing those aspects of our lives where the fruit of the Spirit is becoming a greater part of who we are, then the miracles and the signs and wonders really mean nothing. It's got to be the whole thing. And this is possible through the power of God. And so I want to encourage you today to lay aside things that can be simply excuses and let God deal with you. I thought it took great courage for Kathy and Elaine to record those video clips and to agree for them being broadcast. And now, of course, they're on the YouTube channel as well. See, God wants people to be courageous in these days. God wants us to be so full of him that getting our story out of what God has done in us is more important than how we think we look. God wants us to lay all that down at the foot of the cross and say, God... Here's my reticence. I give it to you. Will you give me something in exchange? Will you give me a courage that bubbles up and over? Which is there through the power of the Spirit of God. Will you do that in me so that I can see your kingdom come and your will be done? See, I believe that God has called us here for such a time as this. I believe, as I think I said a couple of weeks ago, that this time of COVID, with its tragedy and with its economic chaos and with everything else that's affecting us in society is nevertheless an opportunity for us to respond to the call of God in a whole fresh new way. Isn't this an amazing chance for us to say yes to Jesus, come what may? Are you prepared to look silly? <laughs> Are you prepared to look silly? I think I shared before that one of the reasons I didn't give appeals and didn't ask for people to come forward and respond was because I was afraid of how I would look if nobody responded. 
And I think when I've been praying for people for healing, initially I was afraid what would happen if they weren't healed or not healed in the timeline that I wanted to see. But I've discovered that when I pray for someone, even if they're not healed immediately, even if they don't see the breakthrough that they want so much immediately, that God nevertheless meets them and blesses them and touches their hearts and their lives. Sometimes things happen later on. Sometimes they don't appear to happen at all, but we've done what God called us to do. And we can do that through the power of the Spirit in our lives. And God is calling you and he's calling me to lay aside all these excuses and to go for it. The question is, are we willing? Week one, David brought us to a place of decision. Week three, he took us to a place of decision. Today, I think it's a place of decision again. Will you say yes to Jesus? Or will you say there are 101 good, plausible, spiritual reasons for me to say no? I want to encourage you, say yes to Jesus. I'm going to pray. <clears throat> and if we were all here in the building together, I would just stand at the front, <clears throat> put the lectern aside, and say, let's see what God's going to do. And that can happen again here this morning, even though you're all in your homes or somewhere else. So we're going to pray. If you were here and you responded to something that um, I'm going to pray into in a moment, <clears throat> I would ask you to stand up and come to the front. It might take you a long time to stand up and come to the building today. So I'd encourage you, stand up in your living room. Stand up where you are. Stand up before God. Because God can meet you in your home as much as he can meet you here. So let's pray together. Thank you. Father, I want to thank you for the love of the Lord Jesus who loved us and gave himself for us. Thank you for the power of the gospel. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for all those who are listening either live or on a recording today. Thank you that your ability to touch lives is the same today as it was in the days of the early church. It's the same as it is when we're in the same physical building together. And so today, Lord, I would ask in Jesus' name that you would pour out your spirit on each of us wherever we are. That we'd have an openness to you, Father God. That the things you've been putting your finger on in our lives, things to work on, attitudes to change, mindsets that need rewiring Lord would be open to it all Father I want to pray first of all for all those who have responsibilities of leadership whether church leadership, business, home education, small group Sunday school, youth group whatever it might be Lord there would be an openness to a filling of the Spirit of God and that the fear that has held people back will be taken away by the love of Jesus, the fact that we have a good, good Father in heaven who wants only the best for his children. 
And I'd encourage you, if this is you, even at home, and you're in that leadership role, of whatever sort, not just in church, but whatever, that you stand right where you are. And Father God, I'd pray for all those who are standing, that they would have a courage that comes from God to do what is right. They'd have a courage to respond to sometimes a still, small voice in their hearts that says, this is the way, walk in it. And that you'd replace their fear with a godly confidence and a humility that comes from Jesus. And that as such, they're able to lead in a way that they could never lead before. Father, I want to pray today too for those who have in the past either consciously or unconsciously come against the work of the Spirit, maybe because of teaching they've had in previous years or an understanding. And Lord, if, if that's any of us on this call today, Father, we want to repent of our past. We want to say sorry for what we've got wrong. We want that rewiring of our thinking into a godly, a biblical understanding of the Spirit of God so that we can no longer be a blockage but be a conduit through which the Spirit of God flows freely. Father, may you pour into us the Spirit of God in such a powerful way that as we go forward we see your kingdom come and your will be done even here in Norfolk as it is in heaven for the honour of Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters who have exercised spiritual gifts in the past, whether it's the gift of tongues or other gifts or it's a private prayer language, but are no longer walking in those gifts. Again, I'd encourage you to stand up if this is you, because there's no shame in saying to God, this is what I want to be walking in again. And God, would you meet people? where they're at this morning. Thank you for their heart's desire to walk once more in the fullness of what they once enjoyed. But Lord, we pray that this latter season will be greater than the former season, that what was once will now be uh, multiplied and accelerated. Father, I pray that there be such an outpouring of the gift of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and a biblical understanding of the Spirit that would take us into so much more of what you have for us as your children. Thank you, Lord, that you want to do so much in us and through us. And Father, if we just simply want more of Jesus, if we want to bow down, if we want to realize that in his presence is fullness of joy, will you fill us again today? Will you equip us? Will you overcome and overpower us? Will there be an overflow from our lives that takes us away from where we've been and into all that you have for us in these days and the days to come? May Jesus in each of us receive his reward. We pray believing in Jesus' name. Amen.